Hey there, it's John Meerdink, the host of Blue 58, the podcast you are listening to right now, which comes to you each and every week, courtesy of thepowersweep.com. You may have noticed, if you've been paying attention, that this episode did not come out on Wednesday, as it typically does. That is, well, the entire story is not exactly that interesting. Suffice it to say, there were some technical difficulties on my end, caused mostly by me being forgetful, and I was a little bit forgetful because I was going out of town doing some business in the Great White North, spending some time in Calgary, in Alberta. Long story short, by the time I realized there were those issues, I was already in Canada and was not able to get the episode uploaded on Wednesday. As a result, what I'm going to give you this week is a shorter version of the episode that you would have heard on Wednesday. Typically, we do headlines, a little bit of analysis of what's going on on the week, or in a particular week. This week, since the episode's coming out, Late, I've stripped all of that out. It did exist originally, but I'm deleting it now and just giving you our interview with Owen Reese of AcmePackingCompany.com. It'll help you get prepped for tonight's preseason game featuring the Green Bay Packers, and it'll give you a little bit of insight into what's going on with the Packers' offensive line, which has suddenly become a little bit more tenuous than I think we even expected, even though we've been uh, warning people about that for the past couple weeks. So we will be back to full strength next Wednesday. For right now, just enjoy this interview with Owen Reese, and we will check in with you on Wednesday. Enjoy the game tonight. Blue 58! We're joined today by Acme Packing Company contributor Owen Reese. You may also he- see his work at Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Uh, Owen, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I wanted to ask you about offensive line because you kind of specialize in that, uh, both uh, both in your Badgers work and with Acme Packing Company. You've got a little bit more insight into that uh, than just about anybody else who writes for those sites. Uh, the the offensive line for the Packers has been a big, I guess, headline-making unit for the past year or so, ever since Josh Sitton was released. Now, the starting line is, is in pretty good shape, it seems like, but things have gotten kind of ugly the past two weeks of the preseason when the backups have started to come in. What issues are you seeing with that group? Um, well, I think the biggest thing, uh, especially in a situation like the preseason, where you have, I mean, they've been in camp for, I don't know, a month, approximately right but still there's not a ton of uh cohesion to be had there uh, a lot of different guys jumping in and out different spots um different lineups altogether. the starting five uh luckily for the Packers the past few years has been pretty uh pretty consistent and pretty I mean other than um losing Sitton and and now with Lang but for the most part most of the line has been healthy most of the time uh and that helps quite a bit uh so I think for the most part, you're seeing uh, some lesser talented players in the preseason um, not having the chemistry that they probably need um, or would have given a longer amount of time together. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing is just less talent and a little less uh, being comfortable with each other. But um, luckily for the Packers, that's not a team-centric issue for them if you watch most of the preseason, especially with the uh, shortening of practices and, and taking away two-a-days. And um, I know a lot of – I know that's a players thing, like the Players um, players Association, uh, that's their idea. I know a lot of old-time players kind of talk about, like, tackling and blocking are the two most fundamental things that happen in football and their uh, their repetition things. So um, the less they're practiced, the sloppier they'll be in a game. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. The talent is- issue there is kind of interesting because one of the most talented physically, I guess, linemen on the Packers roster is Jason Spriggs. And he comes in 
all the time with that second unit and probably would be the Packers' top backup at both left and right tackle and maybe left and right guard. He's had a bit of a rough go here in these first two weeks. Are you concerned? Yeah, the panic meter is probably at about like a five or six. Uh, so when he came out of Indiana, he's hyper-athletic. He's extremely talented physically. Uh, but when he came out of Indiana, he had a couple concerns. One, he was like 301 pounds. So they knew he was going to need to put a little uh, put a little weight on, spend some time in the strength and conditioning program. And the other thing was that he got beat inside consistently at Indiana. And uh, that issue has a couple, um, couple ramifications with it. So one... Uh, normally when you get beat inside, uh, it's either due to being too worried about going at the speed outside and the defensive end counters in, uh, or it's a strength thing where you are unable to, um, you don't have, you don't have the core strength to, to, uh, maintain that post foot that, that for him would be the right foot to keep it forward. Um, and you just lose that ability to kind of anchor on it. Uh, and that, that was a troubling thing coming out of Indiana, especially for someone as athletic as he is. He should very well be able to move his feet and stay in front. So coming into the NFL, those were the issues that we kind of saw him happen, uh, having and, and trying to work through. Um, and then he got thrown in last year a bit at guard, which I thought was an absolutely awful situation for him with those issues. Uh, and he actually played okay. I mean, he wasn't uh, great by any means, but um, – he wasn't completely over his head, so I think that was generally a positive. But now, so this year, you think, well, he'll be back out at left tackle. He'll be okay. Uh, and the same issues seem to uh, have persisted. Um, he still looks a little light in the pants uh, at left tackle. He's, still, he's just the way he's built. He's not very thick in the lower body, which I think uh, hurts him a little bit. And some issues, too, where him, he'll just his feet will freeze. Uh, mid-rep and that's kind of inexcusable for someone as athletic as he is and someone who has shown the ability to move his feet the way he can so while I try not to uh, get too um, dismissive of players in only in their second season I think Spriggs is like 23 now uh, he's got plenty of time um, to correct these issues but it it's starting to uh, become a trend um, and that's not ideal i guess someone i saw someone on twitter said that well he's not getting much help and no he's not getting a lot of help from whether it be formation or a back chipping or whatever but the packers traded up in the second round to take him so while he isn't getting a ton of help he really shouldn't need a ton of help based on his draft spot so um cautiously moving forward but yeah i've uh, I don't hold the same optimism for him as I probably did a year ago, hoping he could correct those issues. You mentioned Spriggs getting dumped in there at guard at times last year, and that's that's not the long-term plan for him, obviously. He's he's going to be a tackle at some point. They, they're going to want him at, at tackle full-time. But the Packers do like to to kind of operate that way. They take college tackles and, and move them to guard. Kyle Murphy has been sort of in that pipeline a little bit. They've done it with great success in the past with guys like TJ Lang, even Josh Sitton played a little bit of tackle in college. What are the challenges of making that moves, um, that move? And where do you see a couple of the guys who are trying to do that right now? Uh, yeah. So uh, since Ted Thompson took over, the Packers have drafted two non blindside protector tackles. Um, one is Corey Lindsley, who only played center at Ohio state. 
and the other's name was Caleb Schlotteroff. I don't remember what year it was. I believe it was 2011 or 12. Uh, and he was traded before he played in a regular season game with the Packers. So it's pretty clear the Packers type is to take that um, the left tackle or whichever, yes, sit and played right tackle for a left-handed quarterback at Central Florida. Um, and that seems to be obviously what they like to do. Uh, typically, left tackles are your team's best athlete on the offensive line. Uh, the other thing, too, I think that they they're really they look for there is you have the positional versatility of um, being not asking someone to go from the inside out. So typically, someone who's that athletic should be able to make it work everywhere uh, theoretically, and I think that's kind of where they go um, with that thought process. But um, I guess you asked for what the toughest things would be. So I guess the two biggest things, if you're going to move from tackle to guard, uh, one is the just the space. So at tackle, you're usually, especially at left tackle, you're used to being left alone uh, for the most part, um, dealing with a lot of space with like the quick twitch kind of speed rushers on the outside. And uh, I've heard that described um, Eric Stoner on Twitter wrote for a ton of places. I don't think he's on anymore, but he once described it as a uh, moving from the inside out or from the outside in, excuse me, uh, like going from a ballet to a mosh pit because everything happens so much more quickly inside than it does outside. And that's what you see uh, initially. Uh, Kofi Amicia has struggled with that a little bit. Um, it's mostly if you're going to move someone inside, you uh, trust that they're athletic enough to make the move. And then the other issue is uh, your hands. So inside, your hand use is a bit more vital than outside, uh, and it's a quicker thing, like I said. So uh, basically the Packers seem to uh, – they've kept Murphy, I think, at right tackle, and I think that's because he's a little bit taller. Um, but, yeah, like Amicia, I believe, is 6'3", and they, so they seem to like that. Uh, it's got to be something they see with just hands, um, and then – the athleticism that they trust them uh, at guard to uh, be able to get up to the second level and uh, block there um, and be athletic enough in pass protection. Uh, but it's definitely one of the, the Packers are one of the only teams in the NFL that I know that does that. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting um, trend and it's interesting to see the guys they bring in to try it with talking with owen reese a contributor at acme packing company also writes about the wisconsin badgers at bucky's fifth quarter both sb nation blogs let's jump to a little bit of a different position here staying on offense if you're not the driver of the jamal williams bandwagon you've at least got a seat near the front what do you like about him and and what he brings to the packers backfield man he's just solid uh Watching him, I had seen him actually a few years ago when he was, it would have been a sophomore at the time, uh, playing against um, Boise State, and just very impressed with him generally. He's a thick dude. He's a big athlete, um, very runs with great balance. Uh, and the biggest thing, too, that the Packers really have been missing for quite a while is just like an effective inside zone runner um, with... Uh, Ty Montgomery, he's kind of, they set things up kind of like kick returns for him, like give him a toss and let the blockers get out in front and let him figure it out from there. Uh, Williams kind of does more reading of the defense and as far as like manipulation of um, how quickly the defense uh, scrapes over and, and pursues and stuff. 
Um, also, the biggest thing, too, with as the Packers saw last year with um, in, in the in the playoffs, taking Ty Montgomery off the field to pass protect uh, and leaving Aaron Ripkowski in, that's something that hopefully uh, Jamal Williams will be able to remedy. And uh, his experience um, experience in college and pass protection, something that obviously Ty Montgomery didn't have playing receiver, um, has apparently paid dividends for him already in camp. But that's something where I think he can immediately uh, improve um, and help. He's like the same body size as Ty. Uh, but just that's it, it's something that takes reps and takes getting used to, and Williams has an advantage of that at this point. Do you think Montgomery is pretty firmly entrenched as the starting running back, or could one of these rookies take over at some point this season? Uh, I think so. I think he's like it's one of those things where they it's, it's just been such a foregone conclusion since week nine or ten of last year that, well, Montgomery is just a running back now. And part of that was due to, like, just the lack of talent or scarcity of talent at the position, right? So they had James Starks, who was kind of old and injury-ridden, and then he's gone. Uh, Kristen Michaels played for, like, six teams, and now he's gone. Um, Niall Davis was here and then was gone uh, before he could really do anything. Then you have, like, practice squad guys like Brandon Burks and Don Jackson playing uh, who really – they were fine, but they're not, they're nothing noteworthy. Um, so then when they drafted the three rookie running backs, then all of a sudden you're like, well, clearly they wanted an upgrade there, but I don't think any of these guys start over Ty. And then now that they've played a little bit, and obviously it's still halfway through the preseason, so there's not really a ton of um, substance to a lot of this, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, it becomes more of a – running back by committee type approach where Ty is um, in name only the starting running back and he'll get 10 carries a game. Uh, but they also want to get Jones and Williams in the game. And with something too, that they can do uh, that, that Rogers obviously um, and the Packers seem to uh, value is the ability to kind of play like positionless football. Right. So when, they, like we saw last night, um, all of a sudden it's third and one. I don't care where you guys line up, line up, and we'll call a play and get a free play out of it. Having Montgomery on the field allows him to play running back as well as two two receiver positions. Um, so having him on the field as well as another running back, I think, is something that you'll see throughout the year where um, teams don't know if he'll go out for a pass or run. Um, but in then in those type of scramble situations can really um, do either. And I think that's where a lot of his value is. He is Owen Reese. You can read his work at acmepackingcompany.com and at Bucky's fifth quarter, where he writes about the Wisconsin Badgers. Owen, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.